Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome, welcome to the Bay Area Panthers pod. Part of the 95.7 The Game podcast network. Where you'll find analysis, news, notes, and more about the Bay Area Panthers of the Indoor Football League. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Grandy and Evan Giddings. Yes, another edition of the Bay Area Panthers pod, part of the 95.7 The Game podcast network. My name is Mark Grandy, joined as always by Evan Giddings. The Bay Area Panthers coming off of perhaps, arguably, you can certainly make the case, uh, the signature win in their franchise's history, 62-55 to over the previously undefeated Frisco Fighters. The Panthers defended their home field down at SAP Center in San Jose with a thrilling, again, 62-55 to victory over the top team in the Indoor Football League. The Panthers improved to 5-3 and three with the win, and again, the previously undefeated Frisco Fighters fall to 7-1. and one. Evan, as we welcome you on to another edition of the Bay Area Panthers pod, uh, gotta be, gotta be the most impressive win in franchise history for Bay Area, don't you think? Signature win for the franchise and, of course, signature win of the season. And and they've been able to stack a couple. You know, you're looking at the opening day, one-point victory against Arizona, who is projected to finish first in the preseason poll. You're looking at Northern Arizona at home. You know, it's a wire-to-wire shellacking, maybe less close, 47-13, but you just pound down the defending IFL champs. Uh, and then this one, you know, obviously at home, uh, a big crowd, I think the best crowd of the season by yeah. far at SAP Center, and we certainly hope that that can continue throughout the summer because of performances like that. You know, you got uh, ownership in the building. You got 49ers quarterback Trey Lance in the building to hmm. watch some Bay Area Panthers football. Marshawn Lynch was at the previous home game against San Diego. Uh, it does feel like there's a lot of momentum, of course, on the field, uh, but also off the field building for this team as far as the confidence in this franchise and specifically the direction it is going, which is upward. And that is a great sight to see after a tough inaugural season in which we've discussed ad nauseum with, with the front office about how and you can't expect too much too soon. Uh, but to expect that team to take this kind of sort of quantum leap in the second year, Mark, has been very impressive to see. And I think it all culminated in that victory against an undefeated Frisco team, a team that by far had been the best team in the IFL this year. 
Yeah, uh, we'll recap the win, how it all happened in just a moment. But but you talking about the win, uh, the first game of the year over then number one Arizona. Of course, this win over number one Frisco got my mind thinking. And it's something I know you've brought up on the pod a couple of times. I think you also mentioned it on the broadcast Saturday evening down at SAP while Bay Area was going for this victory. Just how difficult Bay Area's schedule has been so far. And you look at the current... The most recent coaches poll, the Week 10 coaches poll, um, Frisco's number one. Bay Area has jumped up two spots to number two. Then you have Massachusetts, Quad City, Northern Arizona, Arizona, Vegas, Tucson, Sioux Falls, and Green Bay round out the top 10. But it just got me thinking, of all the teams Bay Area has played so far this year, Evan, where are they in the current coaches poll? Well, they've played the number one team, the current number one team, They've played the current number three team. Of course, they are the two. They, they haven't played themselves. They have not played the current four. They've played the five twice already. That's Northern Arizona. They've played the six, seven, eight, have not played nine, 10, and they've played 11 and have not played 12, 13, or 14. So, Evan, of the 49ers, eight games, six of the, them. The Panthers, Mark, the Panthers. The, the Panthers, excuse me, of the Panthers, eight games so far this year. Six of them have come against teams in the top half of the poll, the top seven of the poll. That is an incredibly difficult schedule. And to come away out of that stretch of the season with a five and three record, uh, it you have to just be ecstatic if you're a Panther fan. Yeah, and look, I mean, you're a player two away from potentially being undefeated. I know that that can obviously go both ways, especially in the IFL, but, you know, uh, a final drive against Massachusetts goes the right way. Maybe that's a win. Um, you don't blow a 16-point lead at home to Tucson. Maybe that's a win, and I'm sure that will sort of rev their engines up a bit as we discuss their upcoming game this week down in the desert at the Sugar Skulls. And then a one-point loss to, to Northern Arizona, in which they had the ball yeah. on the final possession with a chance to score. So, you know, this team has not only uh, been impressive with a 5-3 and three record over that schedule that you just mentioned, Mark, but they've been in each and every game, and they have not not shown up for all eight games this year. And that's something that you kind of will see from time to time from certain teams, whether it's due to an injury, whether it's due to, you know, some off the field factors, whether it's due to just, you know, stamina and and guys sort of wearing down as you move into sort of the dog days of the, of the schedule. But uh, Bay Area has put its best foot forward. And one thing I was talking to defensive coordinator Rob Keefe about before the Frisco game was the fact that they're also starting to establish some continuity. You're not mm -hmm. seeing as much roster turnover and roster change. And that's fortunate because they've maintained their health and they've been dealt some season-ending IR blows, but they've kept their guys healthy and they've kept their guys in specific roles. And you saw all of that, especially on offense, come to the forefront against Frisco with guys, you know, whether it be it the intermediate route runners, the deep route runners, um, running with physicality or being able to, you know, pick up first downs when needed, not doing too much when the play's right in front of you. It seems like this team has an, has an established an identity through the first seven weeks. And then in week eight, it all just kind of aligned, uh, especially on the offensive side of the football, even though I thought the defense did a lot better than the final score would show. Yeah, and you, I think you saw what you're talking about, um, the, the players kind of getting used to each other and used to their roles, and you're seeing everyone contribute and everyone step up. And I think this game was the perfect example of that. Dalton Sneed was 12 for 19 throwing the ball, 
not incredibly efficient, but you're completing more than half of your passes, and they were going for big chunks, 191 yards on those 12 completions, four touchdowns, one to four different players. Uh, Cottrell Haywood had four catches, 69 yards and a touchdown. He led the team in catches and yards. I mean, that and Cottrell Haywood is the newbie of that group of the receiving core. He was really good. JT Stokes, who's been the one guy who has been here from the beginning of the season and has played in every game, four catches, 49 yards and a touchdown. Nye Jackson, two catches for 41 yards and a touchdown. Had that 30-yard touchdown catch on Bay Area's first play from scrimmage on the offensive side. And then Justin Rankin had a couple of catches for 32 yards and a touchdown as well. So I think what you're saying is 100% right, and the result of that, of course, in addition to just playing well and, and winning games, you're also seeing these, these guys all be ready for their moments. Maybe maybe they're not getting as many targets or carries or, or whatever the situation is as, as perhaps they would like, but you see all of these guys believing in the system uh, and and they're stepping up when their name is called, and that was on display this last weekend against against Frisco. Four different guys with receiving touchdowns. Yeah, and that, look, that's a credit to to Dixie Wooten and that offensive staff. It's also a credit to to Dalton Sneed, who you know, I even though I think the line against Northern Arizona was was pretty good the week before. Um, he did not have his best game. He wasn't as accurate as we've seen him in the past. I think the the hostile crowd on the road got to him enough at times that that some of those throws were a little bit late, combined with, of course, uh, a great defense on the other side from the Wranglers. And for whatever reason, you know, just didn't have it in the way that he clearly had it against Vegas. And I think that early touchdown pass to, to Nye Jackson, which we'll, we'll get into, got him going. Um, that ball was not necessarily wide open. You know, they fit that into kind of a, a tight window in the back corner of the end zone. And I think that just got his confidence moving. And so, you know, when Dalton Steed in this offense gets off to a hot start, which it has pretty much each and every game, they become very difficult to stop. And in the defense on the other side does a great job of not allowing much yards after catch. I know they have been beat a little bit deep through the year, but I mean, Frisco and their defense was the number one total defense coming into this game, and they yeah. get beat over the top on back-to-back plays on offense to begin the football game. So it's not as if just because you're a great defense, you can't have subpar performances. And like I said, you know, I, I think Dalton Sneed, everything sort of starts with him along with uh, Justin Rankin, who had a revenge game uh, for, for the ages. Oh, yeah. And – they they just look ready for that football game. Like, and there was no doubt of confidence pregame or post game that they would get the job done. Um, you know, speaking to both coordinators and some of the players before the game, you could tell they knew it was a big game. You know that it was going to be a, a tall hill to climb, but there was no doubt that they couldn't do it. And, and that to me is not something that kind of confidence has not necessarily permeated at all times through the Panthers locker room. Uh, but you're starting to see it now in abundance. And I think that win gives them the type of confidence that you can rely on no matter what else happens this year. It's like you beat the number one team in, I know it was a one, one score game at the end, uh, but in pretty convincing fashion, wire to wire. So uh, I look, that's, that, that's a huge win for them and one that they'll look back on. Yeah, hundred percent. And and I think something that stood out to me with the, with the Panthers attack offensively, of course you put up 62 points 
Uh, it, it tied a, a franchise high all time. Of course, this is the second season of the Panthers, but they've done it twice uh, within like the last month. Uh, incredible output by the offense, 62 points. Um, and something we talked about on the pod last week and during the broadcast multiple times on Saturday night is Frisco is incredible against the run. They just simply do not allow rushing yards. Uh, entering the game on Saturday, they give up about 35 yards per game on the ground. By far, tops in the IFL. Bay Area, third best rushing attack in the IFL, just a tick under 90 yards per game. Uh, and, and the Panthers were not great on the ground. I know Justin Rankin did have four rushing touchdowns, but the majority of those were from the goal line or from the two or three yard line where he, he powered his way in. The Bay Area, 15 rush attempts, 51 yards. That's about three and a half yards per carry. Again, it's, it's not terrible, uh, but it's not great. But you kind of expected that going into that game because of how incredible Frisco is against the run. And, and, and the worry was, I think if you're rooting for the Bay Area Panthers, if Frisco can limit Bay Area's rushing attack, are they good enough through the air to win the game? And they just were incredible through the air. And again, it didn't matter who Dalton Sneed was throwing to. Maybe a part of that was Frisco just trying to take away JT Stokes, who had eight touchdowns over his previous three games leading into that one. Maybe that left other receivers open. Who knows? But the fact that Bay Area was able to put up 62 points on this defense when their rushing attack wasn't getting them big chunks of yardage for most of the night, impressive. The fact that their passing game was able to carry the day against that that defense was really impressive to me. Yeah, I mean, you just look at, you know, the, the totals matched up against each other and, you know, Bay Area, 190 through the year to 154 for Frisco. Uh, of course, Frisco got a lot of their yards on the ground due to their their quarterback who kept him in this game. I mean, yeah. I, I know that Bay Area won the football game and we're talking glowingly about Snead and Rankin and you know, Nye Jackson, JT Stowe's, Cottrell Haywood, and the defense, but uh, TJ Edwards could ball. Like that guy, that guy is unbelievable. Like <laughs> we were talking about this on the broadcast. If I told you that TJ Edwards would have seven total touchdowns in that football game, <laughs> would you have believed that the Barry Panthers would have won? And obviously they did, but it would have been hard to convince me at the beginning of the football game that if you allow five rushing touchdowns, two passing through the air, and uh, TJ Edwards essentially has his way, that you'd be winning that game. Um, so that that's that's also another, you know, another notch in, in the Barry Panthers belt. It's like it isn't as if they didn't take the opposing team's best punch. Like Frisco played a pretty damn good football game, but Bay Area, to their credit, was just better. Yeah, no, they were. Um, I, I do think there's something to be said for Bay Area coming out really quickly um, in, in that kind of... Oftentimes, you play against the, the best team in the league, and suddenly you're behind immediately. Um, and maybe, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Frisco should have... They won the toss, and they elected to defer. That's probably just Billy Back's strategy. He would rather have the ball out of the second half. I think most teams in the IFL do because they want the chance to double up to score to end the first half and then to score to open the third quarter. And that doubling up is just so much more common in the IFL than any other football league because 
you consistently see scores in the 50s. It's rare that defenses get a stop. Um, so that sort of thing is really powerful in the IFL. But maybe in this case, it worked for Bay Area's advantage because it gave the ball to their offense. And one play, 30-yard touchdown to Nye Jackson. They're on the board. They're ahead. Now, I know Frisco then went down and answered and, and tied the game up. But Bay Area then answered right back. One play, 25 yards to Justin Rankin for a touchdown. So perhaps getting the ball to begin for Bay Area worked in their favor um, and credit them for taking advantage of that and, and really for landing the first punch. Because I think this game goes a little differently if Frisco scores first, whether or not they started the game with the ball. But if, if you let the undefeated, the top team in the league, walk into your place and strike first, I think it just damages kind of the mentality of your team. The fact that Bay Area got the ball, scored immediately, put the pressure on the opposition, I think that's that's a big reason why ultimately they came out with the win. Yeah, and I think the way they did it was big too, Mark, because you basically get shell-shocked. Dalton Sneed hits Nye Jackson for a 30-yard touchdown six seconds into the game. You're like, what the hell happened? Like, we haven't even had a chance to settle in yet, and they already <laughs> got six on the board. So I think the fashion in which they did it too also aided the Panthers' effort, but um, look, I mean, Frisco had a response to just about every punch that the Panthers threw. And I don't think that actually the fighters would do anything differently in regards to taking the ball first, because they set themselves up to double up the Panthers. The Panthers just didn't let them do it yeah, because true. when Frisco scores with a minute, 11 seconds left, you're thinking, all right, you get a stop, get the ball back, score, tie the game, go into halftime, and then you have a chance to, of course, double up and take the lead at the tail end. But they didn't do that because Dalton Sneed and the Panthers went right down the field with a minute and 11 left, and over four plays took about you know 50 seconds off the play clock. And then you're looking at the Frisco side, you got 13 seconds left. Even with the ball at your own 20, you keep everything in front of you. You limit them to a field goal, which they ended up missing. Um, so situationally, the Panthers were also great offensively because out of the out of the gates in the second half, Frisco went down and scored and you know brought the game within one very, very shortly after. So it's not as if Frisco, you know, kind of I think was was hit and then didn't get up or sort of played from behind the entire way. Like they had their chances to potentially implement their game plan. Uh, but the Panthers, because of how they controlled the clock and I think how they sort of managed an IFL game, which is very difficult to do. So when you have those under one minute rules of clock stoppages combined with the timeouts and the strategies with which teams can use their timeouts, uh, I thought they did a really good job of not letting Frisco dictate that two for one at the tail end of the half. Yeah, it's a good point. Great job by Bay Area kind of late in that half to to, to put up a score. Um, and then of course, uh, we would be we we'd be failing here on the Bay Area Panthers pod if we didn't mention the big stop the defense gave the offense in the fourth quarter. This comes just after Bay Area ends the third quarter with a touchdown. It was a Justin Rankin three-yard touchdown run, one of five touchdowns he had against his former team. That ended the third quarter, putting Bay Area up 49-41. to 41. And then on Frisco's ensuing possession to open up the fourth quarter, eventually they get all the way down to the Bay Area 17. So you're thinking already kind of in the back of your head, or at least I was high above the turf at SAP calling the game on the radio, thinking, all right, they're going to tie this game up. 
Uh, and then we'll see where we go from here. Can Bay Area's offense keep it up? But suddenly, Trey Meadows steps in front of a, a TJ Edwards pass. He was rolling to the right, threw back towards the middle, kind of across his body, off of his back foot a little bit, a bit of a wobbler, then get a bunch behind it. And Trey Meadows peels off his man that he was covering near the wall, runs over towards the middle, intercepts the ball, and returns it out towards midfield. Of course, every single play the Panthers made on offense, huge. That, though, no disputing. The most important play of the night for Bay Area's defense, Trey Meadows intercepting T.J. Edwards the first time he's been intercepted all season. T.J. Edwards, that was his first interception in the team's eighth game, wild uh, from him there. But it's an incredible play from Trey Meadows. Bay Area then turned it into a touchdown to get them their two-advantage lead which they never relinquished until the very end of the game, but they then, they, they then recover the onside kick and the rest is history. So that Trey Meadows interception, Bay Area does not, probably does not win this game, at least in regulation, without that interception by Trey Meadows. Yeah, a couple things off of that. Number one, I want to give a lot of credit to the defensive line in this game who had a very difficult task, of course, of trying to not stop T.J. Edwards, but just contain him. Like we mentioned, the seven touchdowns he got, he had to earn each and every yard. And even though Bay Area, I think, lost the time of possession by close to 13 minutes, um, that's because the defensive line was kind of moving TJ Edwards where they wanted him to go and forced him to tuck it, scramble, and really made him work for everything in this football game. So a big shout out to Devon Grant, who no coincidence led the entire game with eight tackles, also mm -hmm. had a half sack that he split with Darren Hungerford, who I will name a part of the defensive line because of how much Rob <laughs> Keefe allowed him to blitz in this game, getting into the backfield. He was really good in his first game back off of injury. And then Nathan Talakai, who's kind of a, you know, a newly implemented speed rusher for, for Keefe and, and that defensive line. Um, his second game with the Panthers looked really good as well. And then Josh Rogers, kind of a, a big boy in the middle there, um, along with Roger Henderson, I thought all kind of, um, didn't allow, I think, any sort of running game outside of outside of TJ Edwards and did a really good job of putting in pressure. But as it pertains to Trey Meadows, yes, 55 points is a lot. And some football fans might be looking at it and saying, what are you guys talking about? How did this defense play well? Well, in a game in which your offense is clicking in the IFL, you need one stop, maybe, maybe two, but you need a turnover and a stop, and that is very difficult to get because of what you just mentioned, Mark, which is the fact that TJ Edwards had literally not turned over the ball the entire year. <laughs> so they got that INT, and to me, that is worth a game's worth of defensive um, you know, excellence at, at this point. That That's how good that offense on the other side was. And so when you talk about the pressure that the defensive line got, um, the physicality with which the secondary members played, and then the amount of pressure that they put on Edwards to eventually force that dam to burst in which he puts the ball up in the air yeah. and Meadows makes a play on it. Uh, that all sort of, sort of culminated in that one spot. But to me, it was just a, a building continuous, you know, physical presence that the defense had the entire night, even if Frisco overcame it each and every possession to score most of the time. Yeah, no, you're right. If you're listening to the pod here and you're, you're just getting into the indoor football league, the IFL, and you're wondering, how can you be praising the defense when they gave up 55 points? Uh, just 
you need to understand in the IFL, first of all, welcome aboard. It's 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 a great league and it's a it's a lot of fun. Uh, but you gotta understand scoring in the 50s and the 60s is not abnormal. Uh the, the Panthers have scored in the 60s multiple times this year, and more often than not, there is at least one team in every game in the indoor football league that puts up points in the 50s. It's just the way it happens on a 50-yard field. It's not nearly as wide as the NFL, either about half as wide. You just see a ton of points, uh, and it's just the way it is. So as as you said, Evan, it's a couple of minutes ago, your defense gets you two stops. If you have a halfway decent offense, you, you feel like you got a shot to win the game just with two stops. And the Panthers, they got two stops. They got a stop in the first half to initially build their two-possession lead. They – failed to score on a possession as well. That was a stop for Frisco in the second half. Bay Area got a turnover. Frisco didn't. That's the game. Bay Area got two stops. Frisco got one. That's how this works a lot of times uh, in the IFL. But again, the final score, Bay Area knocks off the Frisco Fighters, the undefeated Frisco Fighters, 62-55. to Bay Area now 5-3 and three on the year, and Frisco falls to 7-1. and one. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to the Bay Area Panthers pod, part of the 95.7 The Game podcast network. We'll wrap up here in just a few minutes, Evan, but let's transition to what's ahead for the Bay Area Panthers. Last week, week number 10. Now we move on to week number 11. The Bay Area Panthers travel back to Arizona. They were just there a couple of weeks ago. You mentioned that tough one-point loss to the Northern Arizona Wranglers. No, they're not playing Northern Arizona for a third time this year. They are, though, playing Tucson for a second time this year. Uh, Of course, Tucson uh, beat Bay Area in Bay Area early in the year. That was the Panthers' third game of the year, a 34-30 to loss. Uh, but the teams have kind of been going in opposite directions since then. Bay Area, of course, 5-3, and three, sitting at the top. Uh, they have a share of, of the Western Conference lead right now. Last time we saw Tucson, they just won their third game to improve to 3-0. and 0. 
They're one and three since then. So these are two teams trending in opposite directions. Still a very talented Tucson team. Again, they beat Bay Area in SAP in San Jose earlier in the year. It'll be a tough challenge on the road, but no hiding that that Bay Area, at least lately, is, is trending better than Tucson. Yeah, well, 100%. And, and I also think that Bay Area had this game penciled in a little bit uh, just based on what happened last time because of uh, really the, the sort of the biggest early turnaround of this season um, and biggest blown game, quite quite frankly. You know, yeah. they go up 16 nothing at the beginning of the second quarter and then the wheels kind of come off from there, you know, uh, and Tucson took full advantage. You know, 27 of their 34 points came in the second half. They held the Panthers scoreless in the third. And, and that was a game that absolutely got away from Bay Area. So even though they just picked up their biggest win in franchise history last week, in a way, they might be looking forward to this one a little bit more because I'm sure they want to return the taste that was left in their mouth, a, a very ugly soap-like taste, I imagine, mm-hmm. at the tail end of that Tucson game. And now they can head down to the desert and try and enact some revenge on a Sugar Skulls team that, of course, not only beat them early this year, but has a lot of uh, relationships with Bay Area and uh, the biggest one being offensive coordinator Dixie Wooten. Yeah, I think the other thing that's important for Bay Area in this one, aside from the matchup, Ramon Atkins, their quarterback, is is good. And they picked up a win there last time out to snap that three-game losing streak. And, and they're still in the top half uh, of the Western Conference standings right now. Uh, Bay Area through eight games, they've played only three road games, five at home, three on the road. They do have a three-game roadie coming up towards the end of the year that will kind of even things out in terms of home and road. Uh, but they've played just three games on the road, and they're one and two in those three games. Their lone win is against San Diego, who's uh, one of the the worst teams in the Western Conference, but albeit much improved from a year ago. They have three wins under their belt after getting just a, a couple all season last year. Um, but I think Bay Area, they got to prove to themselves, Evan, that that they can win a game on the road against a quality opponent. They came up just short against Massachusetts and the game that you and I have both already referenced here on this episode. They came up just one point short against Northern Arizona a couple of weeks ago on the road. So in addition to just taking on a team they already lost to that they're they're trying to get a little bit of revenge on, uh, I think it's important for Bay Area to to go down uh, in a hostile environment on the road against a quality opponent and beat them just to prove to yourself. Of course, there's belief, but just to prove to yourself, hey, it doesn't matter where we play, we can win. And, and I think that's this is a, a big opportunity for Bay Area to do just that. Yeah, it's important for themselves. And it's also important for the standings because if you improve your, your regular season position, then of course you might ha- not have to play True. and many, or if any uh, road games in, in the playoffs. So, you know, look, if you're a dominant home team, well then you need to at least pick up a, a few wins and you know, they have a chance to move back to 500 on the road. Uh, like we've said, both of those losses that came at the hands of Massachusetts, Northern Arizona, were very close. Their win against San Diego, arguably closer on the last play of the game, down against the Strike Force. Um, you know, I like I, I think it's it's always difficult moving on the road, and, and these kind of business like work schedules that uh, demand you to take off at you know seven a.m. on Friday, then get in and drive to wherever you're going, and then try and get a good night's sleep, wake up early bus over to the facility. Um, and then of course you're looking at maybe a 4am wake up call 
the day after, or maybe even a later flight after the game. Uh, it's it, it, it's difficult. I know it's not reason to, you know, not show up for a certain road game, but but these are pretty difficult conditions that not only the Panthers face, but also a lot of other teams have to face. I I, I don't know if the Panthers beat Frisco on their home field. We're going to find out later this year, uh, or even if they beat Frisco on a neutral site. But I, I think that SAP Center has added a lot of home field advantage for the Panthers this year combined with you know the excellent setup that they have for their housing and kind of their their routines that they've built with each other um, and now it's about seeing that like you said sort of translate on the road so I think they can do it this weekend I think this is a good opponent for them who even though they got back in the wind calm last week with a pretty dominating performance against uh, Sioux City and Ramon Atkins had I think six total touchdowns four through the air two on the ground um, you know it's it, it's an opponent that they can beat that they know they can beat and now it's about going out and proving it yeah yeah a good win over a a quality team in the east you're right they're certainly feeling better snapping that three-game losing streak it will be a challenge for bay area but they're out looking for a bit of revenge again bay area's third game of the year tucson beat the panthers 34 to 30 now bay area travels down to tucson to take on the sugar schools uh, and bay area is looking to win their fifth in their last six games while handing Tucson their fourth loss in their last five games. We'll see if that does happen for Bay Area this week. Saturday, the 27th of May in Tucson. If for whatever reason you're not down there, you can listen to the game on 95-7 the game. Six o'clock kickoff. Again, Saturday, May 27th, Bay Area in Tucson. Kickoff on 95-7 the game at six o'clock. And your next chance to see the Bay Area Panthers in person at SAP Center in San Jose. The Duke City Gladiators come to town for the first and only time this year. Bay Area does play them on the road the final week of the regular season. But the only time Duke City is in San Jose this year, the 3rd of June. Uh, that is also a 6 o'clock six o'clock kick, excuse me. And you can get your tickets at BayAreaPanthers.com. That'll do it for the pod here this week. We'll be back, of course, next week with more recapping Bay Area and the Tucson Sugar Schools. That is coming up next week. Uh, But thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Bay Area Panthers pod. For my partner, Evan Giddings, this is Mark Randy signing off. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch up again next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Bay Area Panthers pod, part of the 95.7 The Game podcast network. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 